So a few months of doing that, it was going nowhere. I hired, like I hired a business coach with every last penny that I had. I was like, all right, this is it. And I think sometimes when you put yourself in those situations where you're like, this is it, all or nothing, that's what makes you work harder. So I paid her everything that I had and I was like, please help me. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of profounding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's guest is Maria Malik, who is a corporate speaking coach. The most important thing Maria's life experiences have taught her is how powerful one's voice can be if used correctly. That's why she helps corporate introverts overcome their fear of public speaking, give memorable presentations, and speak in the workplace so that they can gain confidence and not feel invisible anymore. Maria truly enjoys what she does and has found her calling. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining me on the Unstoppable podcast. Yes. Thank you, Karina, for having me. I'm really excited for this. So I I feel like I've said this a lot with my uh, podcast guests that I've seen them on LinkedIn, but you know, LinkedIn is such a powerful tool and it, it has connected me with amazing people and you are definitely one of them. I have been able to see your growth and your journey on LinkedIn. And what was so amazing, profound was the story of how you started, how it's evolutionized, how you've become a business owner, how you've utilized your trials, tribulations, circumstances to be able to overcome them and really become this unstoppable power and to see where you've started, even, even starting like your LinkedIn profile and then seeing it just explode and your business go um, so quickly and growth. I mean, it's, oh it's amazing. I want to say crazy, but I'm like, it's amazing. And you definitely are a powerhouse. You definitely are unstoppable. Thank you. I appreciate that. So my very first question for you is, I know there's not just one thing that makes us feel unstoppable, but so many times we kind of have that epiphany, that aha moment that helps us lean into that unstoppable power within us. What? would you say would be that moment or one of the triggering moments to this um, journey of yours? That's a great question. So I think for me, it's something that I feel like I always had in me and especially, you know, you know, my story and everything that I've went through. And I am a big believer in your experiences shape who you are. So I think especially because of what I went through, I felt like I got a second chance at life. And for me, that was kind of my pushing force. That was something that 
every day I'd wake up and I was like, okay, I have another chance. I want to do this. I want to do that. I didn't get to do this before. So that's really what motivates me. And that's really what just pushes me to just do the things that I want to do. And sometimes I don't even question it. Sometimes I don't even think about it and mm -hmm. just do it. So I think just my own life experience, and I know we'll probably be talking a lot about my life experience. And I think it makes sense because I think most of us are driven by our life experiences. So just everything that I've gone through makes me just want to keep going and keep going. And I don't know if I'll ever stop at one point or I'll feel like, okay, it's enough. But as I'm going and as I'm enjoying just my journey with my business and the people that I'm working with, something just fit. And that's what's keeping me going, basically. I love it because it is really a true um, testament to why we even started Unstoppable to begin with is that so many successful entrepreneurs, um, business owners, they have utilized both not only their skill set and their knowledge, but their life experiences to really shape them to become who they are um, in business specifically. So um, with that, like, would you mind sharing with us just a little bit about where you started, you know, let's talk about young Maria. What was young Maria doing and how did you see your future? Sure. So I come from an immigrant family. My parents moved to Canada when I was just around three, four years old. I was the eldest of four siblings. So everyone always looked up to me, my younger siblings. And I think I naturally had like those leadership roles, just being the eldest of four. So young Maria was just very, I think I was very driven from an early age. And then just being in my family and getting married at such an early age, being forced into an arranged marriage, I think put such a stop to the things that I wanted to do that that's just kind of what made me who I am today again. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was very, I think I was very naive. I was very shy. I was very quiet. And that's just on being an introvert. I didn't even know what that was back then. You know, no one knew what an introvert or an extrovert was, but I was very shy, quiet, but at the same time, I still wanted to take part in different debate teams, to take part in like track and field. I was constantly like dipping my feet in everything to see what I liked, what I didn't like. So I was very adventurous. I was very sporty. I wasn't that great at school. I was like a very like, B minus student, but I still knew that I wanted an education regardless. So yeah, life for me was, it was great. I had a great childhood. I wouldn't say it was a bad childhood in any way, but mm -hmm. I think it's when I started growing up that my parents started freaking out, being in a new society, new culture, thinking like, oh my God, you know, our daughter, she's going to start dating or she's going to start not wearing her hijab anymore because I had to wear a hijab while growing up. So I think there was just such a big clash in culture between my family and me. And luckily I was just always a fighter. So I always fight, I always fought, I always pushed back. And I think that's just at the core of who I am. I think mm -hmm. that my life experiences did shape me a little bit more, but I think that's just who I always was as a person. I just didn't want to give up. And I think I just have this thing in my mind and I constantly think of it every single day. I wake up and I'm like, I have one life. I have one life to live. And mm -hmm. I don't want to die thinking that I didn't do the things that I wanted to do, whether yeah. it's traveling, whether it's getting the education that I want, whether it's trying something crazy like surfing or 
jumping off of a plane or skydiving, any of that. So I'm just a true believer in that, that you get one life, like why are you going to waste it? Yeah. And I want to enjoy every moment of it. So did, did you always just have that thought in your mind just because, or was there, was there something in your life that kind of triggered it? And you were like, it, it really set in for you that feeling of life's really short. Make the most I think I always had a little bit of that in my life, but after getting, you know, forced into a marriage, moving to Pakistan, living there by myself with people that I didn't know in a brand new culture, mm-hmm. I think being stuck in that place, I literally felt like I was stuck in time for two years. Yeah. And I didn't like I wasn't able to do anything. You couldn't leave the house by yourself. You couldn't go outside, do anything. I couldn't get an education there. I couldn't do anything. So I was literally, that's what I felt like. I was stuck in time for those two years. And I think when I came out of it, what happened was that I was always trying to make up for that time. I was always like, all right, I'm like, I constantly feel, and I still feel like I'm still trying to make up for that time somehow. So I think that incident that happened with me really pushed me a little bit further where I was like, nope, I've got to push harder. I have to do the things I want to do. So just to answer your question again, it was always there, but this incident in my life just really kind of made me realize, okay, this is it. It can all be taken away. And then that makes you think like, yeah, life is really short. So you might as well enjoy every moment of it. So you really have me pulling at my heartstrings. Like I'm not a crier on my podcast. I have not cried. (laughs) Sometimes I have like weepy moments, but you know, I'm very connected with you on um, that story of evolution because um, although I was not in an arranged marriage and I didn't have to move out of the country, um, my religious background, (laughs) basically like you um, stayed within your group of people and you just did what everyone else did. And if you wanted to have this salvation of outcome, like you had to do this. And so I didn't realize how much, um, my background, like I also had a really beautiful childhood. Like it wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. by any means, but it just so happened that it just didn't resonate with me, with my, the longevity of my life. Right. Like, um, I take the beautiful aspects of it, but you know, I got married when I had like the month after I turned 19, I was married. (laughs) And, you know, in the culture, like I grew up in California and like that culture, it was really, really young. And um, I was a stay at home mom almost immediately. I was 20 when I had my first baby and then had three more by the time I was 25. You know, it was like you, you know, and then you share your story and to be able to say like, I can get myself out of this and you did. And like, the difficulties behind it, right, is so incredibly powerful because you think how many times people put circumstances in front of their truth, in front of the things that they want in life, and then they Mm -hmm. say, but I can't. And so sharing these stories like yours and saying, but you can, you just have to be really brave and you have to believe in your truth so much that you're willing to do what it takes to get there and things will fall into place. Um, So once you transitioned your life and you're like, have this realization, I'm done. I'm ready to live my life 
and discover who Maria truly is. What did you do from there? Right. So when I finally got a divorce, which took a long, long time for me because I was fighting my family, I was fighting my community, I was fighting, you know, my ex-husband, all of that. So that in itself just took so much time. But when it finally happened, I literally felt like I had shackles like removed from my hands. That's literally what I felt like. And from there, I just knew that I wanted to do something like my mind was just like, all right, now I have this whole life ahead of me. What am I going to do? Marriage was like the last thing on my mind. I was like, I'm never getting married again. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I'm going to be alone because my parents, my mom used to tell me like, you know, oh, no one's going to marry you because you're divorced. You know, no, no one's going to marry a Pakistani girl that's divorced. And I was like, okay, whatever. Fine. That's okay. I'm, I was like, okay with that. So I was the first one in my family to do everything. No one, no woman in my family had a job before. No woman in my family went to school past like grade 10, 11. So I had no guidance. I had nothing. And I was just like, okay, let's just go. This is what I want to do. All right, let's try this. So I, once I graduated from university, which I still remember this day when I graduated, I literally sat outside after writing my last exam and I just started crying because I was like, what now? Like I've, I did this because I had to fight to go to school and I had no idea what I was going to do from there. So I think just like everyone else, and I think we all tend to follow the herd and, oh, my friends are applying for jobs. Okay. I should apply for a job. So that's the first thing I did. I started <laughs> applying for jobs and I started, started working at an insurance company, knew nothing about insurance, but I was like, okay, let me, let's just start. So I started there. Absolutely hated it. And I think once you're in the corporate world, you just get so mixed up in there and you think this is it, this is life, right? So everyone around me had jobs. They were just doing ordinary things. I had no entrepreneurs around me, no one doing anything outside the box. And I used to say these things, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I just throw these ideas out there to my friends and they're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why? Why? What are you talking about? How's that even possible? And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why I got so attracted to California. And, you know, like when I met my husband, I was like, oh, this is the man for me because he helped me kind of open up my mind as well and said to me like, no, that's not crazy. You can do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So eventually when I came to California, again, I had no idea what I was going to do. It was just kind of, let me try this. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, let me try that. Oh, that didn't work. And I think the biggest superpower that I have is that I'm just so persistent one thing doesn't work, try another. If that doesn't work, try another. It's literally trial and error. And I feel like I've failed at least a hundred times before succeeding at one thing. Mm -hmm. So I just kept trying things, trying different things. And eventually I think now the past few years, it all just fit. And I feel like this is what I was meant to do. You know what I mean? It's yes, just absolutely. And it's like everything that I went through led me to this. Yeah. So which is so crazy to me because I never would have thought that, oh, if I didn't like I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now if I wasn't in the workplace, in the workforce for 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm teaching introverts now how to survive in the workplace, how to use your voice in the workplace. So even if I wanted to start a, this business 10 years ago, I don't think I would have been able to do it just because I didn't have that experience. So everything just kind of the struggles that I went through, I'm literally teaching people every single thing that I've learned in my life which is insane because it's, it's things that you realize now that a lot of people have these problems. So I think mm -hmm. just the fact that I was able to put it all together in a program and teach people in six weeks, my 20 years of life experience is just, it's yeah. insane to me. But like I said, it just clicked. 
It's so true because even though people don't go through the same experiences, they have the same feeling. So when you feel controlled, it doesn't matter necessarily, right? Like I felt when you said, I felt like shackles were taken off of me. Very different scenarios of like exactly what happened, but we both had the same feelings. And so to be able to connect with other people and say, I've been through this and the feelings, mm -hmm. right? I know how to get over and get past these feelings of doubt, shame, lack, insecurity, you know, yes. feeling this introvertness that holds me back from my power. Um, you can relate to, you know, from people, you know, let's just say from A to Z, right, of personalities mm -hmm. and people of experiences because you have such an array of wisdom. It's not just knowledge. It's not knowledge that you just gained along the way. You put all this into play. And it is true when you said you don't feel that you would be where you are today if you wouldn't have gone through, right? You don't just step into your power. It's little bits and you just keep getting there and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like, it led me this entire way. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, what was it, what was life like then when you started going to school and having all these new um, experiences? Talking about being an introvert, right? You had mentioned that. I'm also an introvert who has a desire to be an extrovert. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, it's a battle I'm constantly fighting within myself. It is. It but is. It is. How did you juggle all of that? I mean, it's it must have been sometimes really overwhelming. You know, did you ever feel like it was overwhelming or that you were like, I'm not doing this. I can't do it. I'm not cut out for it. Did you ever have those kind of feelings? You know what? It's crazy. Like I did have those feelings too. So like I said, like I had to fight my way to go to university. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't know I applied. I got into university. I told them, oh, I'm just going to take classes once a week. That once a week turns into two, turns into three. And then next thing you know, I was like at, on campus five days a week. But I did, there was a lot for me to juggle because my family, my mom and dad were like, yeah, okay, fine. You're going to school, but you still have to learn to cook. You still have to do, you know, all these things. You still have to stay with your husband all of that stuff. So I was living two different lives and mm -hmm. I literally didn't tell anyone at school that I was married at that time and that, you know, all this was going on. So when I was at school, it was like, like I was a different person and I loved the, the amount of things I was doing. I was part of the dance team. I ended up running for student council. I was working at the library. I also had a part-time job at our co-op department, helping people get jobs. And I was just on campus constantly doing stuff. So there was that. And just, I think that was like my escape. Like that mm -hmm. was the life that I was like, this is the life I'm supposed to be living. Even though it was, there was a lot going on. I don't think I was over overwhelmed at all. And then I'd come home and then it was that stress of like your wife, you're mm -hmm. supposed to be cooking. You're supposed to be cleaning. Like you can't be studying. There's no time to study. Like, isn't that what you're doing at school? So it was that constant battle, but I think I just got so used to the chaos in my life that I just kept going regardless. And I knew that being home was like that time where I could be sad, I could be stressed out. But as soon yeah. as I was at university, I was like more fun, more confident and literally living a double life. 
And I didn't talk about this with so many people. And I've had so many people from my university reach out to me like, oh my God, we had no idea you were going through this. I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to talk about it with anyone. I was yeah. literally living a double life. But it, it sounds was like it sounds like it was your safe haven. So that was yeah. what kept drawing you back to be able to say, this isn't too much. This is perfect, actually. This is where you can have your reprieve because when you were back home was where the stresses of the life that you were not really truly being yourself, right? Like you don't ever want to say you're living a lie. Like you were put in a position to have to choose to live this life that wasn't meant for you. It, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like you knew that you wanted something that was different for you. Um, and mm -hmm. that's what school and education and interaction that allowed you to discover your talents was what was meant for you. Um, when you were going to school and you graduated, what did you do after that? Were you already divorced by that time? Um, and then you started your career. What did that look like? And then what did you go into? What was your first um, after college job? Yes. So my divorce and the time I was graduating was around the same time. It was literally, I was crying the night before the next day I'd go write an exam. Like it was so insane. I still sometimes think back, like, how did I even do it now when you look back? But that's how chaotic it was because my divorce was going on at the same time. And I was, I'd have to get up the next day, write my exam. So it was just chaos. But once I graduated, I was like, okay, just like everyone else, you get a job. Okay, I got a job. My friend was working at an insurance company and she got me an interview there. I did the job. I got the job. I just kind of went along with it. But there's there was just something inside me that's like, no, this can't be it. This can't be it. Like, there's got to be more to life. And like I said, I would start voicing these opinions to people and people did think, okay, she's crazy. Like, just don't listen to her. And I just started doing a lot of research. I think I started looking online and I'm like, okay, this can't be it. Like this can't be life. And living in Canada, I think Canada is very different from America too. Whereas in America and California, I think people do think of more possibilities. Whereas there, everyone's kind of stuck in this bubble. Like, oh, you have to get a job. You have to do this. So when I moved to California, that's when I was like, okay, let me try this. I opened a Shopify store. I was like, okay, let's see how this works. Totally tanked. Did not even get maybe, not, I didn't even get one sale. And then I was like, okay, let me try YouTube. Let me try this. Let me try that. So I just kind of like kept dabbling into things until I finally, I think it finally started clicking when I hired help. So I hired my first kind of business coach that helped me figure out what my strengths are. You know, mm -hmm. she said that, hey, you're great at communication. And I was like, yeah, I like doing this. I like doing that. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is what I can help people with. So that's how it kind of all started. And then from there, it was, again, trial and error. I was on YouTube first. Did, nothing was connecting there. Then I went on to Instagram. That was still like, okay, what's going on? I dabbled a little bit in LinkedIn. I dabbled a little bit in TikTok. And then I started getting clients from LinkedIn eventually. And I was like, oh, okay, this is nice. And I just, I still remember like that first time I got my first client and I was like, I knew you can make money outside of, you know, outside of a nine to five. I'm like, I knew it. And I like ran to my husband and I was, I was like telling him and he was just like, wow, okay, keep going. So yeah, eventually I just decided, you know what? The nine to five is not mm -hmm. for me. I know there's more out there. And I decided to just 
quit my job, even though I was at Stanford at the time, I loved my job. But it's just that that nagging voice in my head, like, no, there's more, there's more, there's more. Mm-hmm. Quit my job. I went all in. And like I said, it was trial and error until maybe two years ago. That's when I went all in on LinkedIn. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop everything else, channel my energy into one thing. And I think this is a problem with most people when they start. They start dabbling into everything without really becoming an expert at anything. So when I went all in on LinkedIn, I was like, I'm going to give myself a good six months. I went all in and I'm just mind blown at the results that I got and how it just exploded my business. And I was, you know, last year I was thinking, wow, or in 2021, I was thinking, oh my God, I might have to go back to a job because it just wasn't sustainable. I was getting clients here and there. I was like, you know, it's just not sustainable. And even though my heart wasn't in, I loved doing what I was doing. But eventually, like last year, everything just took off and there's like no turning back now. And I knew this was possible. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, you as entrepreneurs, you probably know, there's not a lot of people around you that are doing the things that you think of Mm -hmm. until you get into entrepreneurship. And this is why I love LinkedIn, because I get to meet people like you who are doing these crazy things that not many people do. But we're crazy. Yeah, I know I went a little <laughs> off topic there, but I'm no, just I love it. It's excited. <laughs> it's so true. That's like the true uh, mind of an entrepreneur. It like spins into a rabbit hole, and they're like, "Wait, how did I get on this topic over here?" But I do want to kind of get like the um, listeners a timeline of understanding when did you start? Like, how many years ago from today did you start dabbling in? this self-discovery of, you know, I think I'm going to part-time do something on this side. Mm -hmm. How many years ago was that from today? That was maybe five years ago. So I think I was working at Stanford and I had gotten my job and I was so happy there. Everything was perfect, but I was still like, no, wait, something's not right. I'm like, I was I, it took me an hour to get to work and then I was at work for eight hours and then another hour to get home. And I was like, this can't be it. This can't be life where all I'm doing is at work, work, work. Right. So, and being an introvert, all I wanted to do was be home. Like that's all I wanted. I'm like, there has to be a way for me to just be home and work. But in terms of timeline, as soon as I started working there six months in, I was like, okay, I need a side gig or something, something that'll keep me like more entertained and I could be happier and I could do something to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think just, that was just a part of me. I wanted to do something to help people. So I started with so many different things. Like I said, at first I was like, Hey, let me see if I can open up a Shopify store, how that works. Then I even, I think I tried, I tried so many things. I was even a makeup artist at one point. And I was doing that on the weekends and I liked it, but I still didn't feel like I was changing lives. So I stopped doing that. I just kept dabbling, kept doing things. And then eventually when I figured out, okay, you know what? Sorry, give me one second. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, give me one second. Let me just... Yeah, no problem. It's it's cool. Okay, I'm so sorry. I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. We were like manifesting it. That's what happened. I know. (laughs) 
Should I start again with a timeline? No. So what were you finishing up saying? I don't remember now. Um, so I was you were talking, talking about like, makeup artists. So just go from there, being a makeup okay. artist and you're finishing. So I even became a makeup artist at one point and it was fun. It was good. I think I was, it was, became like my side gig, but the problem was I didn't feel fulfilled. I just didn't feel like I was helping people the way I wanted to help people. So I think things just kind of changed for me. It was January of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. I, a few months before, you know, I had a talk with my husband and I was like, you know, I, there's something else I want to do. Like, this isn't it. Like, I'm not happy. You know, I'm like, I know I have more to offer. I know I have like skills that I've developed over, over the years, life experience. I'm like, there has to be more. So my husband was like, all right, you know what? Give yourself a year, take time off. And I think I I was lucky. I had kind of like a, something to fall back on. You know, my husband was doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, So worst case, I knew that, okay, it's not like I'm going to be homeless or I'll have someone (laughs) to take care of me. Worst case scenario, even though I've always been very independent, but he gave me a year. He's like, just take this year, take your time, figure out what you want to do. So this was January, 2020. That's when I started a YouTube channel and I was getting like three views and I'm like, what's happening? And I started talking about like communication. I was talking about public speaking. I was all over the place. I didn't know that, like I knew I wanted to help people with communication and public speaking, but I didn't know who my audience was. So a few months of doing that, it was going nowhere. I hired like I hired a business coach with every last penny that I had. I was like, all right, this is it. And I think sometimes when you put yourself in those situations where you're like, this is it, Mm -hmm. all or nothing, that's what makes you work harder. So I paid her everything that I had and I was like, please help me. So with her, it took almost maybe six, seven months to really kind of hone in on who exactly I want to help, how I'm going to help them, created a program, and then I started selling it. So I started getting clients here and there. And then, so that was all of 2020, creating my program, figuring out who I want to help and selling it. So I was getting, like I said, clients here and there, but it just wasn't enough by the end of the year for me to be like, this could be a full-time thing. So then how did that feel? How did that feel though? Because you just invested all of your money into this business coach. Did you feel like, Mm -hmm. man, was that a waste of money? But yet you couldn't see the future, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So how did you feel in that moment when you were like, I was really scared that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to drop all of this and get a job. You know, a few times my husband was even like, you know, maybe, maybe it's not for you. Maybe this isn't what you want to do. Maybe, you know, isn't it nice just having like a proper income and not worrying about where things are like, what's going to happen next. So by the end of the year, I really did think I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to need another job. Like, I don't know, maybe. So I told my husband, okay, you know what? Just give me another six months. I was like, just give me another six months. So 20, when 2022, last year, January started, I saw, I think her name is Shanae Moret. You probably know her, Shanae on LinkedIn. No, I don't actually. Okay. Now I'm going to LinkedIn or Google her. (laughs) Yeah, no, you have to because she is a genius at what she does. So I hired her. I saw one of her masterclasses, hired her, and it just clicked. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I have to work with her because she was speaking my language. She Mm -hmm. was telling me everything I needed to hear that, okay, it's not working or you can't find clients and do this, do that. So I hired her 
And I started, the first thing she told me was forget everything else. Just think about LinkedIn. She said, that's where your clients are coming from. Majority of your clients. So forget everything else, hone in on this one platform. So I started becoming more consistent on LinkedIn. I started being a lot more open on LinkedIn about my journey, about everything. And I started working with her in January 1st or 2nd, whenever the Monday was. And 25 days later, I went completely viral on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. after I shared my story because she asked Mm -hmm. me, why do you do this? And I never even sat back to like, think about why am I doing this? Why am I even trying to help introverts? Like why? So when I really thought about it, I was like, wait, this is all tied back to everything I've experienced. Yeah. So she's like, you should share that. And I was like, oh no, I I don't even talk about this, you know, with my friends. And at the time, I think I was getting like 300 views per post. And I was like, okay, you know, it's fine if 300 people see it and know about my story. And by the way, even right now, like half the people in my life, more than half, didn't know that I had been through that. Mm -hmm. So most of them found out through my viral post online. And it was just insane. But I went ahead and I was like, you know what, let me just share the story because it's so taboo talking about this type of stuff as well, Mm -hmm. especially in my culture. And I was like, you know what, let's just get it out. Just share your story. I thought maybe four or 500 people might see it and then whatever will blow over and then, you know, I can continue. But I got a million views over 24 hours mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, so I had to call my mom. I'm like, mom, oh my God, I, I told my story on LinkedIn. I just need you to know because she started getting phone calls from her friends and stuff saying, you know what Maria did? She's talking about being divorced on LinkedIn. <laughs> So I was like, oh no. So I, I told my family and they're like, you know what? This is, my family's come a long way too. And they're like, you know what? It's your story. You've told it. It's okay. Yeah. So that's amazing. That was all of 2022, just being consistent and just putting in all my energy into one platform. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's what did it, which is crazy because like the yeah. year before I was so lost and I was like, I don't know where to get my clients from. I don't know what to do. I, I was so confused about how all of this works. Mm-hmm. And then 2022 is just that direction that I got. And just, I started being more consistent. I started being more open about who I am and why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. That's just what made everything work. I, you know, the fun thing about entrepreneurs is that we, a lot of us have this really big creative mind. And so we see the really big like picture. What mm-hmm. we have a hard time with is seeing the details on how to execute, right? So we're like, mm-hmm. okay, I see this. I want this. It's this big giant picture. Now, you would, what are the next steps on how to get there? And then so many times we then do like the octopus arms and yes. we're like, what are we doing? We don't even know what we're doing. And we're trying to achieve the, this big picture. And, you know, then it leaves people a false perception that maybe entrepreneurship is not meant for them. Maybe they're not meant to do this. But I mean, you at least had the sense to be able to say, I need to get a coach. I need Mm -hmm. to help. I need someone from the outside to look in to say, these are the things that are working. This is how to structure what you already have going on. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, yes, you're right. That makes sense. But a lot of times we need someone from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. to give us that really clear picture. Um, there's two things that I want to talk about. One of them was, is, um, 
how were you able to come have the ability to continue to put yourself out there with such an introvert um I don't want to say mindset, but because it's a natural thing, right? It's something you're like, I'm an introvert by by nature, but the desires of that I want um, need extrovert tendencies, right? To have these. How, was there anything that you did to really prepare your mind to write these posts and to put yourself out there? I think one thing that helped was that this is online. So it's almost like when the computer is off, oh, okay, nothing's going on. It's literally almost like that. And I think because I'm at the comfort of my home, you know, it made it easier. If I had to go somewhere and tell my story for the first time face to face, I don't think I would have been able to do it. But just the fact that I know, okay, it's online and it's LinkedIn. I feel like people on LinkedIn are a lot more open and accepting and a a lot more like they back you up. And it's not like, TikTok, or I feel like there's a lot more negativity on TikTok, a lot more negativity on Instagram. So just being that introverted person that wants to be a little bit extroverted, I think that's also a niche of introverts, right? There's a lot of introverts. Some of them just, they're happy with where they are and they want to stay where they are, which is great. But then you have introverts like me and you, where I feel like we're introverted, but Mm -hmm. we still want to do all these amazing things. Yeah. Right. So I think for me, it was just, I, I think I almost saw it as a way of like, this is another obstacle I have to kind of get over something that I need to just kind of talk about and let it out of my system. Because before this, I was so scared. I was like, oh, what if somebody finds out? You know, like I used to, it was taboo even for me. I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I Even some of my best friends didn't know. And then here I was sharing it on LinkedIn and the whole world found out because the second time I posted it, it got 22 million views. And at that point, I'm like, okay, well, there's no hiding now, right? And I think just having that post go viral, like, made me become a little bit more extroverted, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And especially getting the feedback that I got. There was some negative feedback, but like 90% of it was good. And it made me think like, okay, all these fears were yeah. kind of just in my head. So it made it easier for me to show up over and over again and be more vulnerable. So where did you start? Um with connections before you went viral? Like how much did it grow your presence in that span of time? Did you start with like a few thousand? Did you already have several thousand connections um, or followers? And then now you're well into over a hundred thousand. Yeah. So when I started last year, I was almost at 2000 connections and this was like me sending people requests and, you know, it was Mm -hmm. me every day. Like, I think there was like a hundred limit per week connection requests. So it was me sending people and I got it to 2000. And then while working with Shanae, you know, one of the things that she taught me was that, you know, you want people, the right people to find you and to Mm -hmm. come to you versus you looking for them. So I think there had to be that mindset shift a little bit where I was like, all right, I'm just going to put out content there and the right people will find me. So it took me six months to go from 2000 to 100,000, which was like in June. And then from yeah. June to now, it's all, I think I'm at like 163,000 now, which is crazy. I didn't even know this was possible on LinkedIn. Like I didn't even know you could do this on LinkedIn when I started. <laughs> I was here just trying to attract the right people. And 
yeah, I just seeing it unfold throughout this year, I'm just like, oh my God, like I had no idea LinkedIn was this powerful. And I still think it's it's not too late for people that are starting because eventually I think your reach does go down. But it was just that one year of, I was just like, oh my God, what is going on? I think the biggest thing that came out of this for me was that I had so many people reach out to me and say, hey, I have gone through something similar Thank you so much for talking about this because nobody talks about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. No one talks about it. I didn't, I've never seen anyone like openly talk about this. So just hearing that from people, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm so happy that I did this because there's, this happens a lot in a lot of different cultures, arranged marriages, getting married when you're young, all of that stuff. So I think that's what kept me going to, I'm like, okay, there's an audience for this. There are people that can resonate with this. So they want to hear how, you know, you overcome this, how you move on from it, and that you could still build a really good life, even after going through something traumatic as that. Yeah, because you don't let your life circumstances define who you are. Exactly. exactly. Um, gosh, there was a really good question that I had. And of course, it's just fallen right out of my brain. Oh, but... No. Um, what are all the courses that you share now today with your, um, with your company for public speaking and communication? Yes. So I have two different options. So I like working with people one-on-one because I think that a big part of my coaching is kind of understanding what people's problems are and how I can help them overcome it. So I have my six week program where we meet almost, you have to take out almost three hours a week. So it's one hour of a lesson, one hour of me coaching you and one hour of kind of group work where you work with a lot of other introverts and you get to practice everything that you're learning. So that's a six week course that I have. It's a more of a program, but I've taken a little bit of a break from that just because I'm, I have a whole bunch of new projects that have come up this year. So my second option is for anyone that does want to work with me is I do have like a pre-recorded course, but it's still interactive because I still give feedback on all people's exercises. So they post their work, they'll watch the lesson, post their work on Slack, and I get to still like interact with them. And that's what I love just because being an introvert, you don't have to turn your turn on mm-hmm. your camera. You can just type, oh, okay, you're doing this well. You, you need to add in a little bit more of that. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. And I'm, I think I'm going to do that for the next year until I get back to teaching live in 2024. So two options, but right now it's more, you know, just that one course. And that's also six weeks, but it's a lot less hectic. And it's just everything that I've had in the program kind of Mm pre-recorded. So if you're someone that can do this on your own and you can hold yourself accountable, it's great for you in that way. How were you able to develop these, you know, these processes and um, systems for you to be able to help support you because you are one person trying to, mm-hmm. you know, teach everyone. Yeah. I mean, I do have an assistant that helps me a lot. She takes care of a lot of the admin stuff. But I think for me, one of the most important thing was I was like, I want to be able to have like more wiggle room throughout the day. So I don't want to be, you know, working from 8 a.m. to mm-hmm. or 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m. or whatnot, like a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I think I did in the beginning the beginning, I was working maybe 80 hours, putting my program together, doing all of that. But now I'm at that place where I can work two hours a day and it's like, okay, we're good. But getting an assistant helps a lot. 
that makes a huge difference. And I think eventually when the wheel starts turning, it just turns on its own at some point. Yeah. So it's the initial first like year or two where you have to put in your blood and sweat and everything to get it going. And then you hire people. You know, so I have like, I have two assistants actually. It's one that was with me from before and I've brought on another one. So the tasks that are very mundane that you could teach someone, I have my assistants do. And then everything else, like the actual coaching that I love mm -hmm. where I'm actually working with someone and helping them, that part I do myself. But like I said, it's maybe two hours a day max. Building your brand through your authentic voice really, truly transformed your company. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend, you know, for anyone, like any other entrepreneur who's wanting to build their company um, and they're struggling, right? Because they're just mm -hmm. so focused on the product or the service and they yeah. haven't thought outside the box. What would you recommend to them would be the number one thing for them to focus on. And then, like you said, everything else falls into place. It starts becoming organic. I think the first thing is to identify who exactly you're helping and why. So for me before I was kind of like, I was going into communications. I was trying all these different things and I didn't know who I was helping. So you mm -hmm. need to know your audience. That's the first thing you need to know how they think you need to know what they want. And one of the things that my coach made me do that I recommend to any entrepreneur starting off is she had me interview 50 people that were along the lines of who I wanted to help. So I literally just put out a bunch of posts. Hey, if you're an introvert and you are having a hard time at work, or if you're an introvert, you don't like public speaking, can I please talk to you, interview you for an hour? So I spent one hour per person talking to them, asking them questions like, Hey, what do you not like about it? How do you think you could get better at it? So you hear it from your actual audience, your actual, mm -hmm. the people that you want to serve, you hear it from them that, Hey, this is what I need help with. And this is what I think is going to help me. That's how I started my program. I, how I even created it. So listen to your audience. And the second thing is know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. So I think I had done the first part where I figured out who my audience was, what they need help with. And then the second part that really pushed me to the next level was figuring out why I do what I do and talking about it and not being afraid. I think LinkedIn's a great place to be a little bit more open about your struggles. People are very supportive. They're very nice on there for the most part. So not to be afraid about letting yourself talk a little bit more about the things that you do and why you do them. So it sounds like you would recommend people who are introverts, who are wanting to build a voice start on LinkedIn because it's probably the most gentle. <laughs> in comparison gentle. To that's the word gentle. Yeah. <laughs> because because you know, I, I was on TikTok before and I literally like, I've read so many bad comments. Like people are like, Oh my God, this, but what about that? And, and it just like discouraged me so much. And mm -hmm. I know just in the beginning, you need a little bit of that push. I know it comes with the territory, the negativity and all, but LinkedIn, I was just mind blown. I was like, wow, people are yeah. very encouraging and understanding. It's a different demographic. It is a very different demographic. I yeah. I do prefer to do um, majority of our like social online business through LinkedIn versus mm -hmm. any other platform. Um, because I feel like it's a real um, 
authentic group of people who really want to support you and figure out ways how to um, continue to build your business, right? And then connect Mm -hmm. you with other people. I haven't really had that experience on any other social platform. So I'm not saying that they they don't have those opportunities. It just seems like, um, you know, my content has not blown up nearly to the amount like my, you know, it's has not been as fast as yours. But I feel like if when you do share your why um, and what makes you different, right? Mm-hmm. Because anybody can offer a product or a service. Anybody has that ability. And a lot of times there are hundreds of thousands of people who are offering the same thing as you. But it's when you share your why and the reason behind it is what's mm-hmm. going to really determine that separation. And that's when people connect with you on a human level rather than exactly. just a service or a product that you're selling. And um, you it's exactly. essentially like a dime a dozen, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not something that only happens to you, just you or I, right? Like it's happened to so many other people. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there and be consistent about um, creating content. So before you leave though, let's talk about that really quickly though, right? It's, I'm sure for you, when it comes to public speaking, it's something you consistently have to put yourself in situations so that it stays a habit. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend to, you know, the listeners that are, you know, like, oh, that's definitely me. I'm terrified. I'm an introvert, no public speaking. But yet the things I want to do, how I want to elevate in life is requiring me to do that. What would you recommend for the listeners on consistency of of these habits? So... I know for introverts, like it's hard, right? Public speaking is difficult. And I think one thing that people should start doing, and if you don't already, if you want to get better at public speaking, is start recording yourself and watching yourself. Because majority of the time, like we don't like listening to ourselves Mm -hmm. online. We don't like to watch our videos. And when you do, you're like, oh my God, I'm never recording myself again. (laughs) But I think one of the easiest thing to do is just record yourself. Talk about a topic that you're passionate about. And analyze yourself because one thing that really helps my clients is the first one of the first things we do is I'm like okay record a video about this and then let's watch it together and they're like oh I had no idea I do this or I had no idea I do that so if you want to do it alone if you don't want to put it out there if you don't want to create content that's fine but record it for yourself and watch it yeah I think eventually if you get comfortable do start posting it just the world we're moving into now everything is online and having an online presence really does help you in so many more ways than it doesn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just kind of recording yourself, getting comfortable on camera because now everything's online. Your meetings, presentations, that's a big one. So record yourself, analyze it. If you can, go ahead and post it somewhere. Just post it on your Instagram stories and let yeah. your friends and family hear what you have to say. That's a great place to start. You've just got to start somewhere to be able to Mm -hmm. get yourself out of that fear-based feeling and mindset 
Speaking of mindset, I'm going to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on mindset? Is it something that you practice on a daily basis? Um, Or do you just like, I'm just powerful, just the way I am. (laughs) No, you know what's crazy, Karina? So I have been a huge advocate and just like a fan of just like the law of attraction before anyone even knew what it was. I remember back in university, that movie came out, The Secret. Nobody mm-hmm. had watched it yet. No one knew what it was. And when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, I've always been doing this, right? It's about like talking and saying the things that you want out loud. Like, oh, I'm going to do this one day. And I used to tell my friends, I'm going to have this one day. Well, I'm going to do this. And my friends now come back and tell me and they're like, oh my God, like you used to say this 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So I'm a huge advocate on um, just the law of attraction because it's all your mind. You're controlling your entire life with your mind. So Yes, I do believe in mindset, huge fan of just the law of attraction and learning how to manifest things because it's real. I'm mm-hmm. like shocked at the things that I've accomplished just because I'm like, okay, I want to do this. Not knowing how I'm going to do it, not knowing what's going to happen. But I think the universe just opens up doors for you that you never even thought were there. So mindset is huge. That's really where you should start. Number one, mindset. If you think, if you can think of it up here, then you can manifest it in your life. Yeah. I love that you said, speak it, right? Because you are, yes. <laughs> you know, that's your, that's your, you know, your realm, your coaching, speaking it into existence. Once you practice mm-hmm. sharing it, I once went to a sound healer and she also was someone who um, would get uh, what's the word? It sounds really woo woo, but, um, she would get inspiration from source. Right. And she was telling me that my throat chakra was very close that at one point I had it very open and, Mm -hmm. um, but that it was closed. And she's like, you're suppressing your throat chakra. And I was going through some stuff in my life at the time. This is actually just last year. So it wasn't that long ago. But at that moment with my business, I was going through some really, really tough things. And it was amazing, though, that I felt confined because I couldn't release it. I couldn't speak it out. And so from that moment on, I was like, when I feel like I can't share, I will share. Even if it's like through my own privacy, like speaking it out into the universe. And it's mm-hmm. been such a freeing and life-changing experience for me. And public speaking w- itself, like that is a freeing um, experience to be able to feel like you can share vocally mm-hmm. um, your thoughts, your creativity, um, you know, being able to express yourself and share like the abundance of who you are as an individual and your knowledge and to feel that confidence, right. It just continues to boost it. So, you know, whatever you've got locked up in your brain, like release it, um, check out Maria. Maria will help you out because she (laughs) is a rock star and is amazing. You had mentioned that you've got amazing things coming up. Um, in the near future. I, I didn't know if you'd be willing to share a little bit or is that still s- secrets? Sure. <laughs> well, I'm writing my first book, which I'm so excited for because I know some people, they just can't take out the time right now to take a course mm-hmm. or program. 
So I'm really creating this book, especially for introverts that have these same issues where they feel invisible, they feel like they can't speak up, or they don't know where to start, what to do, all of these things. So I'm almost done writing it. I'm I'm trying to stay very consistent with it, but I've had I had three weeks off in December and I was supposed to finish it. I didn't. I just watched TV. But this year I'm kind of back at it now. So I do have a book coming out by the end of March. So I mean, I'm I'm gonna have more information on that on LinkedIn. So if anyone's interested in that, that would be a great place to start. It's just by yourself. You can sit there and just read it. And I think the best thing about this book is I haven't seen anything else like this out there. So for someone like me that was looking for help like this five, six years ago, it wasn't there. And so really hoping this helps introverts kind of realize the impact of their voice and how important it is and how it is really the most powerful tool that we have. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful, truly, just like I had mentioned, watching you from last year and being able to kind of be in the same circles and some, you know, LinkedIn opportunities. You're just a genuine, lovely human being. And I've never met you in person, but your energy exudes within your posts and what you share and your generosity of kindness. Like, I'm not even trying to inflate her right now. I'm like no, being super You made me cry, Karina. <laughs> so, Thank you so much. I'm so grateful you. you joined us. You are a true testament of what we try what we share on um being unstoppable not allowing our circumstances our fear our lack people or things that are telling us we can't you're it you are a powerhouse and i'm so grateful to know you thank you again maria before we leave please Mm -hmm. let everyone know where can they find you yes so the best place to connect with me is linkedin i'm on there 24 7 so that's uh, the best place to kind of follow me, connect with me, send me a message. I try to be very, very diligent with replying back to messages and I read everything. So if you have anything you want to say to me about, you know, maybe your experience, something you've gone through, then I'd be more than happy to listen. So LinkedIn is the best place. Awesome. And we will be having her um, social handle and everything on the show notes. So check it out and check her out. Thank you again, Maria. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a review and let us know how much you love us. Keep being unstoppable.